Hello, 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 gorgeous one. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spiritpreneur School Podcast, where conscious entrepreneurs connect. If you are listening to this, it is because you are a professional creative, an indigo daughter, a spiritpreneur, a sacred bombshell, a heart-centered, soul-centered, creative genius who has decided to do exactly what she wants to do with her own life. And our guest today is actually the perfect example of what it means to be a woman on a mission and a woman who is creating her own life her own way. We have an author, an entrepreneur, a spirited radio creator. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Bea Direct Smith is a veteran producer for Hall of Famer Tom Joyner and a former Miss Black USA. We love that combination. She is also known as the Man Whisperer. And her latest book is Soft is the New Power, Embracing Your Feminine Edge to Win in Love and Life. The book encourages women to tap into our femininity, our intuition, our personal divinity, all to experience juicy success in both love and life. Another one of her book projects is Failure is Fuel. And we're going to be talking a lot about that today. Failure is Fuel. And Dia says, you deserve to be happy and live fully, and she knows a lot about overcoming challenges to live the life that she was born to live. And so, Ms. Zia Direct, welcome to Spiritpreneur School, sis. Yes, yes, and absolutely what hashtag yes. And just <laughs> on, the in, on the inflections alone, you have given me everything that I need today. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> we love that. We love, love, love that. Okay, so Dia, before we get into your personal story and your personal business, so that was your professional bio. You have achieved so much that that's not even like her full bio. That's just a little, a little brush, a little, a little bit for for us to wet our palate with. Who is the woman behind that bio? Tell us in your own words. Who is Dia Direct? Dia Direct is your sister girl, your go-to girlfriend, your friend who is just like you, who has come from a place where her family thought that she was the black sheep because my mother was a black sheep. She was a drug addict. She was a drug dealer. She was a woman of domestic violence that then breed. Uh, but she's also a woman who took care of her business all at the same time. So I grew up with a mother who was a contradiction in the dichotomy of more than one thing. And so uh, unintentionally it taught me that you can be highly um, responsible and highly irresponsible all at the same time. And so I am the same child of that mother who went to Howard University and felt like, okay, where do I fit in? So many of my peers um, come from well-to-do families. 
I come from a place where nobody expected me to do well, but I happen to be smart and extraordinary despite of my circumstances. So I'm the same woman who believes that your circumstances do not determine your destiny, but your choices do. And that's the one thing that we all have control of, which is our choices. And so, yes, I am the same person who graduated from Howard University with the likes of Anthony Anderson and Taraji Henson, a.k.a. Empire and Black-ish, and empowered uh, and felt all of that empowerment and still failed and succeeded all at the same time. So immediately what I want to say who I am is I am the representation all of all the young sisters who are listening right now who think that they can't be more than one thing. Yes, you can be highly accomplished in a hot mess all at the same one damn <laughs> time. Yeah, I'm yes. that chick. Yes, I'm that yes. chick who, as Miss Black USA, who was representing women across the globe, uh, immediately thereafter matriculating, also was the same black woman who considered suicide when the rainbow was enough over a what? M-A-N. Because I was not sure about who I was despite of my accomplishments because I had not done the work uh, internally because I was looking to everybody else to make me feel good about who I was. And so I'm that chick who stands before wow. you right now. Yes. A full contradiction yes. and, and and accomplished all in the same breath. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, and more yes. Now it's my turn to throw the yeses your way, sis. Yes. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite quotes, Bia, is from Mindy Kaling. She says, you know, if I'm going to be a mess, I might as well be a hot mess. So, But we make hot. it look good. <laughs> and we turn our test into testimony we turn our messages into our messages all day so all day all day so i want to just touch on some things let's let's you know rewind a little bit bring it you know heal up heal up bring it back come rewind let's take it back a little bit you talked about you know coming from the family that you came from and going down a path that no one could have dreamed or imagined for you because you were smart. But there had to be something else because there are a lot of smart kids, you know, that didn't, you know, overcome their circumstances, that were not able to to overcome the internal stuff, you know. So can you talk a, a, a little bit about, you know, maybe it's your mental courage or where – how did you even – have the tenacity to be able to take that step toward going to college and finishing college and becoming Miss Black USA and then, you know, daring to dream bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? Sure. It began really with exposure. My mom, in all her contradictions, she made sure to expose me to more than our environment. So she did the most uncomfortable thing ever, which is she sent me to overnight camp. And in overnight camp, I was I had to deal with these suburban white girls. I had never been outside of the hood. I didn't know what that was. By the way, those of you who think coming from New Haven, Connecticut, yes, Connecticut, listen, Connecticut had the highest rate of HIV-AIDS in the 80s and 90s and is still dealing with uh, extreme um, 
extreme um, statistics around HIV AIDS, around drug use, because we always wanted to be like New York. So we were like the little New York. So it was worse because we were smaller, but yet you knew everybody who died every single time, who got killed, and who was strung out, right? So, so having said all that, my mother exposed me to more than my environment by sending me to overnight camp, and it was way out of my comfort zone. And I remember a very specific incident where, first of all, you know, we did, like, swimming and all that, and you go through through these categories of swimming, and I never got past being a guppy. And they gave me a guppy on grace because I could not swim because I couldn't breathe because I didn't trust it. And so... um, you know, it was it was a lot of, of outdoor activities and engaging with other young women who were not in your culture. And when they teased me, you know, I wanted to fight until the white girl told me, what are you going to do, beat me up? Yeah, all that. And then it showed me, though, that, that there was a world outside of my immediate environment and that I could not always resort to the lowest common denominator of fighting, which means I had to figure out the higher part of myself and how I was going to negotiate my position in life. So it was the hardest thing, and yet it was the best thing all at the same time. Having said all of that, um, that is really one of my biggest lessons. The other part was I accepted Christ um, at 15 when I was already pegged as Hot, fast, she ain't going to be nothing. She going to be pregnant before she got out of high school, chick. And then God decided to save my little soul, and I literally became the leader of my family at the age of 15 and became the preacher and the speaker of life into my own mother and father who were strung out on drugs. And then when I had to get away from my family and I had to be sent away to a school because I had a nervous breakdown because my parents told me they weren't going to get high anymore and they did and I ran away and I went to go live with my grandparents. And then I had a nervous breakdown and then the uh, paramedics had to come and get me and they asked me where did I want to go. Did I want to go away or did I want to stay home? And I said, away. Uh, I, again, faced that uncomfortable space. I went away, again, to a non-black environment with, with a whole bunch of rich white people who had a whole bunch of emotional issues. So uh, your financial situation has nothing to do with where you are emotionally. We all need a break. And I was too young to be trying to be the adult taking care of all of these grown people. And in the yeah. space of that, because God was real in my life, gave me an epiphany in the middle of lunch, okay, Aviella? And I remember sitting at lunch at the lunch table as I was in this wonderful suburban place for, you know, young people who needed support. Um, and I had a vision, and I had a vision that my grandmama and my granddaddy were going to die, and I broke down, and I went back to my room, and I laid down, and I guess they called my family, and so my family called me, and they were like, what's wrong? And my granddaddy called me, and he was like, baby, what's wrong with you? I said, granddaddy, I had a vision. I had a vision that you and grandmama were going to die, and I'm going to be an orphan. And he said, no, grandbaby. He said, granddaddy ain't going nowhere. I said, no, granddaddy, God already told me. So I went back to lay down after I talked to him. To my surprise, my grandfather 
drove out probably about an hour away to come visit me. And he showed up, and my mom showed up. And I was so happy and so emotional all at the same time. And he said, so what happened? And I said, Granddaddy, God told me that you're going to die. He said, no, I'm not going nowhere. I'm right here. So he said, go get me some water. So I walked over to the kitchen to get my granddaddy some water. After I had the water in my hand, I turned around, and my granddaddy fell back in his chair and had a heart attack in my face. Oh, my gosh. And he was gone. But wow, God had already I, but God God had already prepared me. So at the age of fifteen I became the backbone of my entire family. Here I am, okay? My mother is, you know, the abused woman, the drug addict, who got the fast hot daughter who's a hot mess all by herself, and yet even in all my mess, God saved me and spoke to me and prepared me to be the leader and the backbone of my entire family. So while everybody else was broke down at my grandfather's fa- uh, funeral, I was the one who cradled everybody in my bosom because I already knew and God prepared me. Wow. Wow, I am just speechless, Thea. That is incredible. What an incredible story. My goodness. My goodness, and, you know, what I want our listeners to understand, because a big part of, you know, the journey is not so much what life throws at us, but how many times we're able to overcome it and, you know, how many times we're able to get up and keep on going, that you then in your 20s, you know, you got married, got married early, and you were in your 20s when you made a suicidal attempt or what I think you called it a pseudo pseudo suicidal attempt. Can you talk yes, about girl. that? Yes, girl. Yes, girl. Yes, yes. Listen, I told you I went to school with Anthony Anderson and Taraji because I was a drama what major? <laughs> but <laughs> even in all of that, yes, listen, I can laugh at my mess. And so, you know, and that's really part of the healing. Let me just say that as an yes. aside. Because we take ourselves so seriously and we we have all these judgments about how we should be based upon our accomplishments and all that. No, it's a lie. Who told you that? Release release yourself from having to be a certain way. Just be you. Listen, you can be more than one thing all at the same time. We are all full of freaking contradictions, okay? We're becoming. The minute you stop growing and becoming is the one. You're the person who scares me, okay? Not the person who's a contradiction. So, having said all that, yes, I got married because I was a saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost uh, youth leader in my church, honey. And I married a man who was on, you know, he could have been the vice president creator of the website hotmess.com. Okay, let's just say that. So <laughs> he was Mister Mister Hotmess dot com. <laughs> Listen, when I tell you he took me through, I mean all the way through to the lowest common denominator. So to keep it succinct, um, because of that, uh, usually when we have our breakdowns, whatever our breakdowns look like, it's probably not in response to the thing that's happening in immediate time. It's usually a culmination of things that have happened 
and in that particular unceremonious moment, you lose it. So most people, when they look at it at face value, they're like, what, why is she tripping? And the truth is you ain't tripping off of what is obvious. You tripping, if you will, off of all the other things that happened. And so I was the young chick who knew going down the aisle that it wasn't right. And I had a burden on my heart. My mother-in-law was off the what? Freaking chain with a minister before her name. Um but I never knew until I with the I never knew right until right now that your mother-in-law was a minister. Um yeah. and we didn't get to this part in the story yet, but eventually she told your husband to leave you. So that's really surprising to me. Well, yeah. Surprising. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, she was, she was a minister, she was a minister in name only, okay? Let's let's be very clear. I, she went through the classes. That don't make you a, that don't make you uh significant or fully engaged in in the calling that God has for you. Okay? She 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 was throw her dog on self. But um yeah, so I got married. I knew in my heart right then that it wasn't right. My tears going down the aisle were tears of sorrow and not joy, but I didn't have the courage to to stand up for myself because people had spent money and time and energy and belief and support for us to get married. And so I chose everybody else except myself, right? And so me not choosing myself almost cost me my life. And so and probably a really stupid response to whatever had happened in that moment, I had had enough, and I took pills. Pills, enough pills to make me sick, but not enough to kill me because I thought about my mama, and I didn't want to go to hell, right? So I, I had to go to the hospital. I had to go to the psychiatric ward. They pumped my stomach. Um, I did what I set out to do, which is to get my ex-husband's attention, okay? So he came home. He was, like, scared and worried about me, and I wanted him to understand that the way you're acting, like you're a single man cheating on me, lying, blah, 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 uh, I can't take it. But because I didn't have the tools to know how to speak up for myself properly, um, I went to extremes. Then again, I was an actress, okay? So there's that, too. So, um, So I got his attention, and he was worried all that. But his mom told him, you know, Tony, if she um, if she tried to kill herself, she might try to kill you next. So in all of my dramatics to try and get his attention, um, because of what his mother said, instead of staying there to support me, and for all that I went through, Abiola, he left me the next day after I tried to commit suicide. Wow. Wow. He left you the next day. The next day. And never came back. Well, you know what, Dia? He did you a favor. And so I say thank you to that man wherever he is because he did you he did you a complete favor favor. You know, like they say that, you know, man's rejection is God's protection and so Amen. you know Godspeed to him, you know, thank you for moving on and, you know, freeing my sister Dia of you, sir. 
<laughs> but know, in so. that moment, you think it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. And but, but what it did was it it forced me to have to do my own work because I gave him, I had put him in a position to make me whole, to make me mm. feel good, to fix me, to help me, to be my supporter, to be my whatever I thought he should be. And ideally, yes, your partner, your husband is supposed to be that person, but I hadn't done the, the steps. I haven't put in the work to do my own work yet. Yeah. Um, and so it forced me to have to learn my truth. And your truth doesn't have to be neat or pretty or perfect. It just has to be honest. Because once you're honest, then you're in the most powerful position that you could ever be because you can build upon your strengths and you can work on your weaknesses. And you own that. Then you begin to teach other people about you as ex- as opposed to expecting them to make you feel good about you. It's not their job because everybody is on their own soul search. So the best thing he ever taught me, even though he was foul in so many areas, is he was like, why are you putting all your energy into me? He was like, what attracted me to you was that you were ambitious, was that you had your own life and your own friends. And now, you know, he it's like you're waiting on me to do everything. So I had this mindset of what a wife was supposed to be. But the lesson there is never lose yourself. Whether you're a mom, a single mom, a wife, whatever, don't lose yourself in the process because nine times out of ten, that's what makes you most attractive to anybody else. And more importantly, that's what makes you more attractive to yourself. Don't lose that trying to become what somebody else needs you to be or what you think they want you to be because if they married you as who you are, then all you need to do is build upon that. Yes, well said, Dia. Well said. So I want to bring it up to, you know, the power that you have today with everything mm-hmm. that you're doing, you know, and what you overcame not only in this marriage, but then you had another marriage after that. But still, like Maya said, still I rise. Still you yes. keep rising and you continue to rise. You know, like your title of, you know, of the previous book, Failure is Fuel. I want to talk about that because there are a lot of women, Dia, that hold themselves back from really living their dreams, living their purpose, because they are afraid to fail. They are people, you know, we hear it all the time, they don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look like I got played. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look, I don't want to make a fool of myself. People will laugh at me. And, you know, what I find is that most successful people like you, like me, have failed big and failed mm-hmm. in a grand and spectacular fashion, but it's not how you fall down <laughs> and how you come back up. <laughs> not a little bit, but in a grand and spectacular fashion. Can you talk, what, what does the title Failure is Fuel really mean? Failure is Fuel really means that you got to make your pain pay you back. If you go through it, somebody tweet, make your pain pay you back. That is when you, anytime you talk to a financial person, they'll tell you to diversify your financial portfolio, right? Mm -hmm, Right. 
So that applies in every area, and we'll talk about how that applies even in communications. But the point is, I spent my blood, sweat, tears, time, disappointment, failures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you, 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 and you, and that, 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 and that, right? So if I'm going to go through all of that, and number one, I need to know the lesson. Like, don't go through it and feel sorry for yourself. Go through it and learn the lesson because it happened to teach you something. And then be taught. Like, don't just get the lesson. Yes, don't just get the lesson, but then leverage the lesson. You must leverage it, and that's where the payback comes from, right? So let's say whether you go to the church or to the mosque or wherever it is you go, the synagogue, how much are you interested in listening? Or it could be a seminar. It doesn't even have to be spiritual. Don't tell me nothing unless you can relate to what I've been through. Or if I can relate to what you've been through. And so you can't really respect a person who doesn't have a testimony. But that requires that they were tested. And so yes. we get so comfortable. We, we, we run away from anything that makes us feel uncomfortable. But you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and learning the lessons even in the uncomfortable spaces because that's the stuff that's going to make you relevant and that's the stuff that's going to teach you your biggest and greatest life lessons. And so if you get stuck in being the victim, you will never get the entire point of why you went through it. Whereas after you recover or you're in the process, then you say, okay, God, why did this happen? What was that about? What do I need to learn? And so you, you, you take some time to get quiet and to evaluate and then re-evaluate and really sit still and quiet and embrace the lessons. And once you get the lessons, then you can leverage those lessons. And that is what makes you a master teacher. That is what makes you an expert. You cannot be an expert if you have not had a failure. Okay. Yes. Yes. And it's it's so powerful, Dia. Um, just so that you know, um, my spiritpreneur tribe, she calls it, you know, being fly, F L Y, fully leverage yourself. Yes. <laughs> so, that's my life. You know, you See, said, I love that. Yes. <laughs> and so when you were talking about everything that you were dealing with in, you know, growing up and even, you know, going away to camp and those kinds of things. What what I was thinking was, ah, okay, she was forced out of her comfort zone already, which is one of the major keys to success, that people want to feel comfortable. Nobody wants to, you know, feel uncomfortable, and so people stay right in where, you know, they're safe, right in what they know, and then they're unable to grow. Hear some more about the importance of stepping out of your comfort zone in order to to be who you came to be. So it it just depends on do you want to be good or do you want to be great, and therein lies the difference. Do you do? It's just it's the same conversation that I have so many times with women about do you really want to be in a relationship or do you just want to do what you want to do and do it the way that it feels good? Because anytime you are going into something that is outside of yourself that causes you to a place of greatness, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Newsflash, it's not going to be comfortable. 
You yes, can't even share alert. a closet. You cannot even share a closet with another person without having to make some changes. You got to make some moves. You ha- that means even when you get when you move in, you got to expose or it can be moving into your house or moving into your business. You have to be willing to allow somebody to see where you're frail, the places, the uncomfortable, vulnerable places where you don't have it all together. And you expose that to people, and you have people in your life that who love you when you're a hot mess, and then when you recover, they don't they still believe that you're fabulous, but they accept you in all those spaces. Like everybody needs to be naked at some point and have even if it's just one person who accepts you for the hot mess dot com that you are, right? Yes. And so and so it's all of that. But It'll never occur until you get good with you. Because when you get good with you, you teach other people about you. It's not their job to discover you. It's your job to teach them about you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And one of the great things about your recent work that you've been doing, I'm, I'm excited about all of it, but your recent work with your, you know, soft is boss movement, soft is the new power, is about embracing our femininity rather than running from it when it comes to power. Can you please, as we, we, we're we starting to uh, wrap up, talk about what you want our women spiritpreneurs to take away from this conversation when it comes to facing your fears and at the same time being able to have a full range, not just, you know, hard, 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 but being able to have a range of everything that you are and bring all of that to the table. Absolutely. But first, before I do that, let me just say this. Aviola, you are the truth. And you have been a a pioneer and a leader in understanding how to embrace your feminine spirit. And it's so interesting because as all these movements are happening right now in our society, the truth that whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's, you know, you being into the Jesse Williams, whatever the thing is, really it's all coming full circle. Nothing is new under the sun. So I am not under any impression that I'm purporting anything that is brand new. The only thing that will be new is the approach and the messenger, okay? So having said that, as young people, we're often trying to prove ourselves to the world that we're the latest and the greatest, which really is a reflection of our own insecurity, um, only to go through great uh, challenges and steps to have to come right back home. So mm-hmm. only thing I'm talking about is about, I'm really talking about coming back home, okay, and using wisdom and for all of our sophisticated, smart women Soft is the new power. is really about being savvy. So here we are in the age where a woman for the first time truly has an opportunity to be the president of the United States. And soft power is actually an international political term. And the political term in international politics that came from a Harvard professor is all about knowing how to approach your opponent to get what you want and understanding what you possess 
that your opponent wants so that you can leverage it, okay? So that's politics, but that ain't nothing but the Bible. Or that ain't nothing but grandmama, which says you can get more <laughs> with honey than you can what? Vinegar. Boo. This ain't new. But unfortunately, we so damn smart in all of our degrees that we are so intellectually smart that we're emotionally stupid and we have no real sense of how to even tap into the most basic sides of ourselves because somehow we think our innate self is dumb and backwoods. And that's because you try to prove yourself to the world as opposed to being the innate woman that God has called you to be in your most natural state. So soft power is really about approach and being savvy and sophisticated and applying the appropriate approach to the appropriate situation, particularly when it comes to what men. So when you have all of these sophisticated, highfalutin women, and not to mention black women or women of color uh, who lead with our stuff and our education and how much we don't need a man, then we have lost the art of communication which says you have to know who you're talking to in order to be effective. But we don't spend time studying men because all we're focused on is what we want and what we think we should have. So we're losing all day long in our big houses with our luxury cars and our fabulous keys and all of our name brand clothes and we go home by ourselves all day because we don't study men. And men, regardless of the station where we are, because we've done the most evolving, they still need the same basic things, which is they need to feel good about who they are and they need to feel like who that that they're the man by the woman that's in their life. But we have egos and we carry masculine energy as much as men do. You're so busy caught up in all these other things from an ego perspective that you're confused about how to win. And it usually takes going through all of these changes to become successful, to get to a certain age. And then you'd be like, this is some bullshit. I'm tired of doing all this shit by myself. Right. That's what that is. Okay, now. <laughs> Sorry, I hope I, I, I hope I hope I wasn't too raw for you, but you know what? Sometimes you got to speak the strength with strength. Well, what I forgot to mention to our spiritpreneur audience is that your nickname is also the Man Whisperer, so they'll want to pay attention to that. And by the time this interview is broadcast, your Essence interview will already be live, and so you guys should go to go to sacredbombshell.com, go to my site, and search for Dia D E Y A, and I will link to her Essence article there, and you can read her relationship tips because she is also known as the Man Whisperer. Well, thank you so much, Dia, for this conversation, sis. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being the woman that you are, the author that you are, and the person that you are. Thank you. I hope I wasn't too raw, but, Aviola, you are the truth. I honor what you do <laughs> in bringing to women. And I'm only as raw as that because sometimes – that's what we need because that's what we respond to. But I really am coming from a place of love. And I'm here yes. to say it's my last word. I'm yes. a woman who's been hurt and who's recovered. And I promise you there is a better, more healing side. And being soft does not make you weak. 
and being hard does not make you strong. So I offer up to you to 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 bring yourself self to the tap into your feminine energy because ultimately it will give you the relief, the love and the life that you want. Beautiful. Beautiful and you know, what I love, Via, is that you are authentically you, and I think that that is an important superpower for us as women to embrace because from a very young age, you know, as you talked about, we're always about pleasing everybody else and pleasing the people around us, and that authenticity piece that you bring to the table where it's like, you know, this is Via, this is Abiola, this is who we are, I think is really, really important, really, really important. So love you, sis. And for you, I love you. You are the truth, girl. You're the truth. I love, I love your format. I love your energy. You are all of that, and then some. Thank you, Miss Direct. <laughs> and, and it's funny because you know we're 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 a similar age. So when you when you said that, says I appreciate you because I heard the words of um, Tribe Called Quest. was like all that, and then some. Was it them who had the song? All that, and then some. Something. And, <laughs> And for the young ones, look it up. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much to my spiritpreneurs for listening. I hope that today's conversation was enlightening for you. Look up Ms. Via Direct and her books. Definitely delve into failure is fuel and soft is the new power. And what I want you to do with this interview is not just listen to it, but put it into action in your own life. And if no one has told you today, my beautiful spiritpreneurs, my incredible sacred bombshells, if no one has told you today, I love you. Dream bigger and love yourself. Bye.